0: I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LaFavor yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Generosity, Part 1, Mirroring the Generosity of Christ When we stop to ponder the inimitable perfection of our Jesus Messiah, we can't help but stand in awe. One aspect of Jesus that I'm focusing in on lately is His unmatched generosity. This quality manifests itself in all He is and has ever done and continues to do for us. In our culture, when we hear the term generosity, we often limit ourselves to the monetary application of this character trait. But in reality, It's much more than that. Generosity defined refers to the practice of being liberal with gifts. Such gifts can be monetary, to be sure, but they can also include the gift of time and of our very selves in friendship, familial, or romantic love. But no one reached the high bar Jesus reached on this earth. Let's look at some of His amazingly generous, selfless gifts He lavished on all mankind. Let's start by looking at His birth. In Luke 2, we read of how He was born in a stable. His coming to earth was in no way indicative of His power or supremely divine station in the universe. His first bed was not laden with Egyptian cotton sheets, but rather with whatever was available in the stable on the first night of His earthly life. Later, He served as a carpenter-apprentice to His earthly father, Joseph. And prior to His three years in active ministry, he willingly subjected himself to forty days and forty nights in the wilderness, sacrificing food, water, and comfort to prepare for the arduous journey to come. Later, as he ministered, he tirelessly sojourned through the land with only belongings he could carry on his back. Despite these sacrifices, he was later rejected by those he came for and betrayed by the one who claimed to love him. As he faced death, He generously gave up His human body to be subjected to flogging, ridicule, and eventually an excruciating death on a cross. The totality of His emotional and physical pain is incomprehensible to those of us who have not been martyred. And yet, despite all He endured, we are told in Isaiah 5, 3-7, and I'm quoting the partial text here, that even though He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, Acquainted with grief, He was despised and took on our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He opened not His mouth. Post-resurrection, Jesus continued to generously serve those who love Him and keep His commandments. He hears every prayer of believers, bestows the forgiveness of confessed sin, and ferociously loves those who belong to Him honoring promises made in Scripture, and fulfilling prophecies until the day He comes again in glory, to bestow the ultimate gift, a new Jerusalem, where His people will live with Him in their midst for all eternity. Has anyone on earth ever lavished such extravagant gifts unto you of their time and of their very selves? The answer, whether you realize it or not, is an unequivocal no. In light of these gifts, the generous response we can initiate is to reciprocate and give of ourselves as Jesus did. Though most of us will not be called to martyrdom, we can offer ourselves as living sacrifices, as Paul reminds us in Romans twelve one. This act is holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual service of worship. In this series, we'll look at the various ways we can engage in a generous lifestyle that is both pleasing to God and beneficial to our friends and family, communities, and even our nation and our world. Join me as we devote ourselves to this monumental task that we can only tackle by tapping into divine strength. Let's cling to the verse, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, and that's from Philippians 4.13. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and that excerpt is entitled, Unwrapping Present Moment Gifts, Embracing Each Day's Joy. We've all seen and heard the verse, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And that's from Psalm 118.24. I believe in the transforming power of this verse, and I actually have a custom stencil of it in my walk-in closet over the window. Every morning when I'm dressing in my closet, I have the opportunity to read this verse, meditate on its truths, choose to thank God, and embrace the joy that can be found in it every day as I live in relationship with Him. Sometimes the sun shines brightly through the window. Recently a friend was lifting me up in prayer and asked if I would be able to feel God's love shine on my back like the warm sun. I think of this now from time to time as I get ready in the morning and thank God for the day. By now you may be rolling your eyes. You might be thinking, I'm throwing out platitudes and not being honest about what daily life on the planet Earth is really like. And you would be right because even though that option is available to all of us every day, I don't always choose that joy. Some days I wake up, and I don't take every thought captive, as is suggested in Second Corinthians 10.5. My glass is half empty before I even fill up my coffee mug. To be fair, this task is easier on some days than it is on others. I remember taking great comfort on hearing an excellent sermon on this topic. The speaker pointed out, about a truth in this verse that's often overlooked. It does not say that we have to rejoice about the day. Thankfully, we aren't commanded to thank God for the flat tire we had in the morning, our husband's layoff, or our prodigal child's drug problem. Instead, the verse welcomes us to take comfort in reminding us that God has a plan and purpose for every day. When the morning arrives, we can be thankful for the promise of the day itself. Yesterday's worries need not be remembered, and the concerns of tomorrow can wait until then. Truly, we can always find something to be thankful for. I learned some valuable lessons connected to this verse on my mission trip to Rwanda. Most of the people in the remote village were barefoot. They lived simple. They lived in simple mud huts with no frilled homemade beds on the floor and simple wooden benches for seating. Their artwork on the walls consisted primarily of newspaper clippings crudely applied to the surface. Few of the homes had electricity, and none had indoor plumbing. Few had cars, motorcycles, or even bicycles. Most had to walk miles for their water and carry it in containers back to their dwellings. Despite a lack of creature comforts, the people we encountered inside the church on the hill were filled to the brim with the joy of the Lord. Though many had lost family members and loved ones in the genocide of the 90s, that killed an estimated one million people, they enthusiastically sang praise songs about heaven and their love for God. They didn't gloss over their pain or inconvenience, but they didn't dwell on it either. Instead, they overcame adversity by celebrating each day's joy. And the keys to kingdom living are, find joy in every day the Lord gives you and be glad in that day. And the doorpost is, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion Trilogy is now available on Amazon.